0: Good morning. It's good to have you all here today. Y'all look great, all cleaned up. It's my job to keep you awake, and I, <laughs> I'm going to talk loud and do that. Turn to 1 Kings 8. Before we start, I want to uh, thank a few people. I want to thank you for your reception to the Magi boxes. Uh, we gave all the boxes out. With your blessings, with your help, we're going to be able to send, I think it's 102 boxes down to uh, South America. Uh, I told the elders that it was going to be like 50. It would be about uh, 300 bucks for shipping. Well, that's doubled, weight, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's happened. So if you didn't get a box, though, if you didn't get a box and you want to help still, well, help with shipping. For the price it could have uh cost you to fill up one of those boxes you can ship two of them down there so if you want to do that man you're welcome to just make a check out to uh not to me (laughs) i guess i was working my retirement fund already (laughs) make out a check to the church just put magi boxes on it and uh i'll see that it gets to the right place also i want to thank west Irwin. uh thank you for 10 years of memories uh it's been great. It's allowed me to do a job that I shouldn't have done this part. I'm sorry. It's allowed me to do a job to meet some people that I'm afraid, I'm ashamed to say that I probably wouldn't have met any other way than to be at that benevolence center. And I've met some wonderful folks, have come to to love some of the folks we have served over there. Some of them are with us today. Charlie and Betty's back there, who's fixing to graduate. I'm so proud of you, Betty. (laughs) Just wonderful. She was our first ever to attend our Benevolent Center Worship. And we flooded her with so many people, hugging on her. It probably scared her. (laughs) I'm coming to a cult. (laughs) It was amazing. But anyway, I'm so glad for this job. And... uh, Jay said, I came up here in blind faith uh, last week. I came up here with no job and two house notes. I call that stupidity. (laughs) And what does it say for our banking industry that would give me a loan for two houses with no job? So, Jacques, be careful (laughs) with that. So anyway, but I want to thank you for uh, letting me be a part of your life. It's been wonderful. And uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful for this time. I'm looking forward to retirement. I don't know what it's going to bring, uh, but I'm excited. I'm going to still be here at West You're home to me. And so uh, I just want to thank you for that. But today, let's talk about today. We're going to be talking about Solomon's prayer of dedication for his temple. And I know you're probably thinking, well, man, what has that got to do with us today? And I think there's a a lot of reasons. We're going to kind of go with the outline. Number one, I'm going to tell you, look who prayed this prayer. I mean, this was Solomon, who is described in Scripture as a man full of wisdom, full of knowledge, beyond measure. And I'm telling you, I think we can learn something from him in the way we pray and for what we pray for. It's also offered at a time when the the kingdom of Israel was at its apex, at the top of its game. It was strong militarily. It was strong in their physical blessings. It was strong in spiritual blessings. And the temple, it was so important in their worship, and they had finally got out of the tabernacle into the temple, and it was a glorious day for Israel. And so we look at their spiritual blessings, we look at their physical blessings also. But then again, there's also kind of a a sad part, because we know what the future holds for Israel. Solomon's going to reign for 40 years, and after those 40 years, his son is going to take over. And we're that close from a divided kingdom, and really what many consider to be the downfall of Israel. How quickly our lives can change without God. So today, I want us to look at a few passages from this prayer. And I wanted to determine, I really, I changed the title and I forgot to tell Sharon. (laughs) So, Tucker, if you ever change a sermon title, tell Sharon. (laughs) She needs that. And I'm sorry about that, Sharon. But really, I wanted to talk more about, instead of me trying to tell you what kind of people we need to be, I think that's kind of harsh. I would rather tell you just exactly what Solomon tried to pray for and how he prayed for his people. And I think that speaks volume for for leadership among God's people. So let's open up 1 Kings 8, and let's go to the first one. Chapter 8. It's really we're going to start in uh, chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. This is really before the prayer, but I want to make a point. And it kind of goes back to what Ken said a while ago in his introduction. And this is after the priest had put the ark into... Isn't that a beautiful picture? That's the artist's rendition of the Ark of the Covenant. Very important piece of uh, uh, furniture for, for God's people. And starting in verse 10, And when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord. So that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Solomon prayed for a people that would seek and welcome the presence of God. I hope we're here because we want to be. It's our chance to publicly as a family of God as a group of believers, as a group of people that wear His name, it's our chance to publicly praise Him and thank Him for the mighty works He has done. He has done in all our lives and in those we have seen around us. It's a chance for us to realize that really this is not about me. It's not about my wants. It's not about my desires. It's about what I can bring to God it's about how my heart is toward what he has done it's how my heart can be poured into worship and I want to bring a blessing to everyone that is around me and in this church family I think about if you keep this place marked go over to Psalms in the 51st chapter I think this is so true when you look at Psalms 51, you see, you see the, the writer talking about, "...creating me a clean heart, O God, according to your mercy. Take care of my sins. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities. Uh, I was brought forth in iniquity in your sin. My mother did conceive me. Behold, you delight in the truth and my inward being. You teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop. I shall be clean." And he goes through all those blessings and all those spiritual things that God did. And look what he did for him. Look how he ends it up in verse 13. We'll start in 12. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. And look what he does. then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood blood guiltless, O God. O God of my salvation, And my tongue. What's your verse say? What's your Bible say? Well, sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. My goodness. What a great response to the goodness of God. Singing aloud of your righteousness. Teaching those that need to learn about your love. Praising you, declaring your praise. Man, I love this family here at West Irwin, but I think we can do a better job in the community of praising God. Don't say that mean, don't say that harshly. I say we need to do a better job because I need to do a better job. Let people know what God has done in our lives. We need to declare, teach, sing, and declare God's praises. What a tremendous response. The second thing I want to talk about is drop down and go back to 1 Kings 8. Look at verses 22 through 24. Great picture there. Y'all know what this picture is? That's from Somerset, England. There was a... Hugely popular spiritual song written in there. A preacher by the name of Augustus, uh, I've lost his name, no, top lady, is a local minister there, it was on his way one night, a big storm came up, and he jumped in one of those clefts of the rock. And while he was in there, and while that storm was coming by, he wrote, Rock of Ages, cliff for me. Now, a lot of people will discount that and say that's not a true story. I think it's the people in the next county that are not getting all those tourist dollars that, that that rock is bringing to them now. But I just, I just thought that was a wonderful story. And what a great illustration. Who else are we going to get and hide from the storms in life except for God? Look at 1 Kings 8, 22. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel, spread out his hands toward heaven, and said, O Lord, O God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. Solomon prayed for a people that would know and trust in the faithfulness of God. He has fulfilled every promise He has made to His people. Today in our Bible class, I ask about what kind of blessings do we have in God? Carolyn Womack, right off the bat, says, the promises He's made us. Isn't that true? Isn't that great to be at the fact that we can live on those promises, we can trust those promises, and know that He's going to deliver us? He told his people what he would do, and he did it. He has been with his people from the beginning of time, and what makes us think he's going to stop in 2022? Philippians 1 and 6, Paul wrote to the church. He says, Of this I'm sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. We worry about God. I don't know what you can do with this world today. There is just too much going on in Washington. There's too much going on in Tyler around us. It's just too much for you to fix. Well, I got news for you. God has dealt with stubborn people before. God has dealt with all kinds of evil. God has dealt with selfishness. God has dealt with idolatry. God has dealt with people turning their back on Him. God has dealt with it all, and I think He can pretty much get us through 2022, don't you? He is not going to leave us alone. I think more than anything, these last two years, God is probably saying, where have my people gone? I've heard too many stories of churches that have lost so many people, they have closed their doors. Can't support their minister's. I think that's going to trouble God more so than some doubts and fears that we might have about this year. We got to get back and we got to trust in what he's going to do. I'm not talking about those that have have had COVID and can't come. I know that. We know the realities of what COVID has done. I'm talking about those that have left us without a word and just no longer have stayed with us or want to associate or or want to identify with us. It's time for us to get back and trust in what God has done, the faithfulness that he can do for us. He's going to do to this world what he has promised. He's going to deliver those that stand with him as he promised. And our problem is, is going to be how many we decide we want to take with us. And we're going to have to make that choice. Let's drop down over into verses 27 in 1 Kings and see what's up next. Grand Canyon, seen it one time from the air. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe what it looked like. I had a guy I grew up with in, in church. His name is Ren Holcomb. Susie's probably the only one that knows that name. Ren was the funniest guy I've ever met in my life. And he was standing there on the edge of Grand Canyon. This guy come up, knew Ren was from Texas, and he told him, he says, I bet you don't have a hole like this in Texas. And he says, well, I got the dirt that will fill it. <laughs> what a beautiful, beautiful thing of created. Look at verse 27. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built? Solomon prayed for a people that will know and trust in the greatness of God. God is greater than the creation. The creation was made to give honor and glory to God. Psalms uh, I mean Psalms 19 and 1, "The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. I'll tell you, I don't know much about space and time. But there is a lot of space that we have never come close to exploring. And yet God created it and put it there. I don't know what for other than declare His glory and declare His handiwork. But to know that that kind of God is there looking for us, helping us, loving us, caring for us, is an amazing sight to me. David wrote in 1 Chronicles, or 29:11 through 13. This was after David had taken up a collection for the temple. It was after he had charged Solomon, because Solomon was fixing to take over for King, for him. It was at the really end of his life, and he had all his officials and gatherings there, and listened to what he said. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. What an opening. (laughs) We don't pray like that anymore. For all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and we praise you for your glorious name. Great praise in prayer, isn't it? 2023 is coming, and I'm telling you, God wants His people to stand up and look around and realize His greatest treasure is us. He created us and gave us these remarkable bodies, well, kind (laughs) of. And in that body, it's amazing. We can take a sledgehammer and bust something and break and turn right around in the same hand that swung that sledgehammer, pick up the tiniest coin off of a table. Robots can't do that. (laughs) Whatever man makes doesn't come close to what God has made. And he's there telling us, you're my greatest creation. I have done wonders in making you. I have filled you full of compassion, and that's what I need next year. I need that in you. I want you to rise up and realize how strong and powerful you are with me working for you. That's God's message to us today. So we've got to be excited. We have to know and we have to trust the greatness of God. And As Bill told us a few weeks ago, our God is not too big for any problem we might have. Great, great lesson. Drop down to 1 Kings 8, verses 28. Yet have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his plea. O Lord, my God, listening to the cry and to the prayer that your servant prays before you this day, that your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, the place at which you have said, My name shall be there. And you may listen to the prayer that your servant offers toward this place. Solomon prayed for a people that treasure their prayer life with God. We know the benefits of prayer. We know how the power it can give us, and we know how it can help us in our life. But I challenge you today. I challenge you as a church to take your prayer life outside these walls. I challenge you to, when you're out and you're and you're in the public, and and you strike up a conversation with a stranger, and they start talking about things that are troubling in their life, and they'll do that, right? You've all been a part of that. Stop. Stop right then and say, let me pray with you. Some of the most meaningful spiritual experiences I've ever had has been praying with complete strangers outside these church walls. Had a lady, her husband fell down in uh, Spring Creek. It was down in Humble. He died out of a heart attack. She was laying there and people were patting her hand. And I, I just knew some people that were with her, didn't ever knew her. I sat down and we prayed with her. I got thank you notes from her for years after that. Amazing the impact we can make. My challenge to you is if we will develop that Attitude that we can pray for people we don't know in a public place. We have that right given to us by God, amen? And we can do that. How much easier is that going to make us to share our faith with those strangers and tell them how much God has loved us and blessed us? And we need to be able to foster that and not be afraid to take our faith outside these church walls. Tyler needs it. Amen. Tyler needs it. So we need people that treasure in their prayer life with God and keep it strong. Lastly, first Kings eight, thirty one and thirty two. If a man sins against his neighbor and is made to take an oath and comes and swears his oath before your altar in this house and then here in heaven and act and judge by your servants, condemning the guilty by bringing his conduct on his own head and vindicating the righteous by rewarding him according to his righteousness. We need to develop a proper culture of accountability. What's that look like? It's where we can answer to someone in our family here at West Irwin that can help us, guide us, lead us back, and get us back on track with God. And it's done without condemning. It's done without harsh judgment. It is done without uh, finger pointing. It is done without gossip. It is done with grace and mercy. In love and compassion. And it's done with the goal of one thing in mind, and that's restoration. I grew up in a church that we used to see a lot of responses every Sunday. It, just, it was just that way. And that was kind of exciting as a child to see that. But unfortunately, what I heard also was the gossip. And the bad things said about what that person had done. So, we need a proper culture of accountability. We need an environment, a family. (laughs) It's almost scriptural, isn't it? A family where we can fail and not be afraid to acknowledge it with someone else. A family that we can make mistakes and know that we're going to be helped in love and caring about what happens to us. A culture of accountability. So, my question to you is, what do we need to be praying for in our life? need to love like we did when we were younger. I love this picture. I've used it before in one of my sermons, and if you can guess which sermon it was, You can ship off a Magi box for me. (laughs) I love that picture because what does it show to you? Two sweet children that love each other despite a difference in culture, despite a difference in skin color. Wouldn't it be nice to, to be in a family that loves like that, doesn't care about your social status, might disagree with each other, but don't care because I love you. And we can continue to, to grow and edify each other and be a part of the family. Uh, the family relies on love. It relies on the Spirit of God that to, to help us control our lives so we can live in a, a great life with you. We need to pray to be spiritual in all we do, here inside and also outside these walls. And we need to want to bring all the people we can. The kind of people God wants us to be. I think we can learn from listening to Solomon. I think we can learn from our study in the Bible. And I think we can be a great people. We are a great people. But... The work is not over. Amen? If there's anything we can do for you, come now as we stand and sing.